Hey, friends, welcome to the Johnson City Living Podcast, where we learn about the people, places, events, and flavors that might make Johnson City great. And I am here with a, a friend of mine, um, Rafael Zabala, and he's all about flavors of Johnson City and the Tri Cities. How are you doing this morning, Rafael? Doing well, thank you. Thanks for coming in. Um, so I've always admired you and what you do, and um, I can't cook a lick, really. I can make a good frozen waffle, um, but that's about it. And so, um, yeah, we, Carly and I love going to your restaurants and love um, all that you do, and it's just amazing what you've accomplished. And so I'm excited to kind of dig into that a little bit, get to know you a little bit better today, and let the audience know all about you, all about what you're doing in our community. And, um, yeah, and so tell, um, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Oh, let's see. I've been in the restaurant business in the Tri-Cities for 17 years now. So uh, 2004, we opened up uh, Stir Fry Cafe over at Barnes & Noble. That's actually, I remember meeting, yeah, that's where I remember meeting, meeting you then. Yeah, 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 yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, a long uh, years ago. Yeah. But met a lot of people in Tri-Cities at the, during the Stir Fry Cafe days yes. here at Barnes & Noble with the, with the food and the late night scene and all that. And I still run into people every day that are like, man, we miss, we miss Stir Fry. And it was just... Uh, a culmination of a lot of, of good people and good things happened at the same time. And it's, it was a special place. We loved going there, the music on the patio. It was just a great spot, but um, it's, you've moved on and doing yeah. other stuff. So. Yeah, you know, we Ruby Tuesdays approached us about uh, purchasing that property. I don't know, it's been probably 10 years plus now. Uh-huh. Uh, so they bought that property and then uh, put their concept in there, and we moved on and came to downtown Johnson City at that time, which was, you know, pretty ground floor yeah there wasn't much going on down here it really has changed a lot i think in the last five years but yeah 10 years ago when you moved here it's it's just really you can really see it change and then so so you 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 left barnes and noble you came downtown how's that been sure it's been great i mean we started out with the concept of uh, sport 112 downtown which is sports bar nightclubish um you know still very young at the time so the late night scene was something i could uh put up with yeah yeah i remember that the big fan and you, all the chairs would like at some point during the night the chairs would sure. just go to the side yeah, and we'd have just, a big dance floor uh, yeah. and, and that's really all downtown john city had been until that point there wasn't really a dining establishment that it had been down here up until then so ran that business for five years and shut it down revamped it in about two months we shut down 112 remodeled came up with the label concept and then opened back up it was actually blue plum weekend oh was, yeah was our grand opening let's see five six years ago now that's label. crazy so okay june so stir fry turned into the label well i actually got to back up because the first start stir fry um johnson city turned into stir fry downtown kingsport kingsport right yeah so it's been there for coming up on 13 years okay now. yeah yeah we've been there too we love that one as well it's an I like John, uh, Kingsport's um, downtown as well. It's it's yeah. vibrant as well. It is. Downtown's laid out very nice. Yeah. It's, we're, that's an 18, old 1890 building. Yeah. And that's one thing I admire. You take a, a building and you make it look super cool. So I don't know if you do that on your own. Do you have people help you with that? Yeah, I do, I do a lot of the interior design, but the architects obviously help. And that's fun is taking those old buildings and, and revitalizing them and turning them into something cool. Yeah. That's yeah. something we don't, you know, after Stirfry Johnson City, where that was in a shopping center, mm-hmm. which is fine. But to me, it's like you can go to a restaurant in a shopping center and you walk out of the shopping center. It's like you could be anywhere in America. Sure. There's, there's no character to it. Right. Whereas you come into a downtown label or 620 state and you walk out or uh, as you're driving, mm-hmm. you get to see the downtown. You get to see the, the atmosphere of the downtown and the vibe of the downtown. And 
that's what I really like people to, to see. Yeah, I do too. Um, I wish I had a parking garage beside every one of them. But. Oh, <laughs> preaching to the choir on yeah, that one. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Carly's always like, do you really want to go downtown? I'm like, yeah, we got to go down. And she's like, okay, well, you drop me off and you park somewhere. And I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's, and, it, that, yeah, that's what you got to so, do. Yeah, which is great. And I don't mind jogging, you know, a half mile to come eat yeah, your food. Pers- so, personal valets. So we got Kingsport, we got Johnson City. Mm-hmm. What else you got going on? You got, uh, oh, you got uh, two... Southern Craft and Johnson City. Well, you, I'll let you tell. Well, let's see. In, in timeline order, then we did 620 State in downtown Bristol. Okay. Um, so it's a kind of a fusion between it's got sushi, burgers, and some of the traditional uh, stir-fry mm-hmm. wok dishes. Yes. And that was, again, in another like late 1800s building. Um, used to be a historic building, the H.P. King building. Yeah, it is beautiful in there. Really cool space. We have a event facility above it, too, that seats 300 for weddings. And, and do you, uh, did you own that whole building or just that? No, we partnered with a gentleman named Alan Hurley in, okay. in downtown, and, and we revitalized that building together. Yeah, you guys did a great job. Carly and I love going there. She's from Bristol, and so yep. when we when we're up there, we typically that's our stop. We like that spot. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good spot downtown mm-hmm. Bristol. Again, it's just like you know with the it's rolling festivals yeah. and all that going on, Rhythm and Roots and the Paramount. It's just been it's been a great business for us, and we've been there for coming upon ten years. Yeah. So again, it's like in all these downtowns, we were kind of, you know, if we weren't the first, we were definitely in the, the top three or four, you know, eating establishments in, in the downtown areas in, yeah. the, in the whole Tri-Cities. Yeah. And so is your model, you get one kind of up and running and, and then I'm assuming you have some great management in place and then you kind of like, okay, this is your baby. I'm going to go do another one. Is that this, or do you, uh, just or kinda, you're just like, yeah, hey, I'll just open five at once <laughs> and we'll figure it out. Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. I mean, obviously, good people. You know, that's that's crucial. It is key. Business. That's yeah. If we don't have good people, we can't grow. And and right now, it's something I don't think about often. But I was thinking about this morning on the drive here. It's like right now we have over 250 employees in the Tri Cities. So, and with the two new restaurants we're adding, we'll be way over 300 employees in the in the Tri in the Upper East Tennessee. That's awesome. So I think that's uh, you know that's I, a great addition and a great responsibility. And thank you for helping out the. A local economy for sure sure love to you know working with the people and finding new people that that's what allows us to grow and giving them yeah. opportunities to grow yeah um yeah I, I don't know that i could um be in the restaurant business and i'm <laughs> glad there are people that are for sure yeah, that's definitely that's the hardest part yeah just, you know finding those more and more people and yeah. as you go to different markets you got to find a whole new network of people yeah and so you've got 10 total restaurants is that right Ten total. That's including the two new ones on the book. So, what are those going to be? Um, Give us a little insight to what you got coming up. Well, Juan Shao is going to be on the corner of Tipton and Buffalo Street. What's it called? Juan Shao. So it's oh. going to be Latin and Asian food. Ooh. Uh, the last name Shao. That was uh, Kenny Shao is the person who got me into the restaurant business back in Knoxville in the uh, early two thousands. Huh. Um, okay. Met Kenny when I, he he had uh, let's see four or five different restaurant concepts going on in Knoxville and, and I was in college there I was bartending at the Chop House the original Chop House out in West Knoxville yeah yeah I've eaten there and uh, there was this really cool restaurant I kept passing on the way to to University of Tennessee every day where I went to school and called Cha Cha's and I kept seeing it being built out so I pulled in there one day I was like hey you know I'm looking for a change up from the Chop House and so I got hired before they opened. And then we opened that restaurant called Cha Cha's, and it was just a, a great experience. Latin food, just great vibe, perfect atmosphere, and became friends with Kenny, who mm-hmm. was one of the biggest restaurateurs in the in the Knoxville area at the time. So from there, we just uh, kind of thought about Stir Fry Johnson City. Mm-hmm. But I left 
uh, after I graduated college, I was a broker at Morgan Stanley for about a year or so. Really? And then Kenny was like, hey, I got this deal in stir fry. You're like, I'm not enjoying this Morgan Stanley gig, probably. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Now, <laughs> bad time. I don't think I've ever seen you in a tie. So, <laughs> no, I'm definitely uh, like the t-shirt and jeans better than to get suited up every day. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'd say you look good in a suit, not knocking <laughs> you, but yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, definitely more comfortable here. Yes, yes. But uh, so the opportunity came about when Kenny um, was building a stir fry in Johnson City to come back up here, get involved in that one, and then. That's how I got back to the Tri-Cities. But unfortunately, about four months after we opened Stir Fry Johnson City, Kenny passed away in a freak drowning accident in Hilton, Hill, South, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was horrible. I'm sure you vaguely mm. remember that. I think so. Yeah. Seven, so mm. yeah. he's who got me started in the restaurant business. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, now, where did you grow up? Where's home for you? Where were you born? Tell us a little bit about the life Story. Uh, I was born in uh, Maracaibo, Venezuela, and then that's uh, right around the corner, isn't it? Yeah, just okay. like south there, Stony Creek area. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my, my mom was from Mountain City, so when my parents got divorced, she moved back to Mountain City. So okay, I grew up in Mountain City, and then a few lo- years later, my dad and most of my Latin side of my family moved to Atlanta. Okay, so um, yeah, it was good. I got to grow up in the country, and then also get the city experienced when I visited my family in Atlanta. So, yeah, you've got, so that's where the Latin feel comes from a little bit. And then yep. your mom from local, she's a local Correct. lady. So yep. you get a little Tennessee flavor as well. And you're yep. blending those well, I think. You got a little barbecue over at yep. Southern Craft and then you got stir fry. Sure. Um, yeah, that's neat. Now, do you have any culinary like training per se besides opening up some restaurants with Kenny? No, I do not. That's, do you leave, uh, leave that to leave that to the experts, the other people? <laughs> you, you hire know, well. You're like hire well. You uh, probably learned a ton though. Do you like to get back there and cook a little bit? Uh, not really. I like the business side of it. I like the the putting the business together side of it. Mm-hmm. My business partner, uh, Martin Bagwell, he takes care of all the culinary side. Okay. So Martin and I've been working together for well, I guess I. 16, 15, 16 years. Okay. And so he's partner in the Stir Fry He's partner in the Stir Fry Group, yeah. It's just you two, or you mm-hmm. got anybody else? We have a financial partner in Knoxville. Okay. That helped us get started, and you know, it was a part of our finances as That's we cool. grow the business. Yeah. And uh, I think before we got um, recording, you said you, you bought the Chateau Sela. Yeah, bought that about three years ago. Yeah. So we have a huge catering business in the Tri-Cities. Um, Obviously, this year wasn't, or last year wasn't very good with Eastman going offline, a lot of the business functions going offline. Right. Um, do a lot of weddings. So, yeah. we've got an event facility above Southern Craft in uh-huh. Johnson City called the Gallery Events Facility. Okay. Have one in Bristol called the Foundation Event Facility above 620 State. Mm-hmm. We have one at the new Southern Craft in Bristol, Virginia in the Sessions Hotel, which is a boutique Marriott property. Okay. We have an event facility there. And then we have Social in downtown Kingsport, which is the old city bus garage that we do weddings and corporate functions there. Yeah. Just right around the block from Stir Fry. Yeah. And then Chateau Salah was the newest one that um, purchased about three years ago. It's a beautiful house. Uh, it's an unbelievable property. On 80 acres in Blountville, just with awesome mountain long view views. out of the back of that place yeah. is fantastic. Awesome yeah. views. It's really cool. It's really cool. So did some upgrades there, and, and um, it's, been, it's been a great property for us. Gotcha. So you said, so did you grow up here mainly in Johnson City or Mountain City? Mountain City. I went okay. to school at University of Tennessee, Knoxville. And I did too. When did you graduate? Uh, 2002. Okay. I beat you by a few years. 96. Yeah. 96. Wow. Yeah. What did you get your degree in? Business. Okay. You were smarter than I was. I went to, uh, I got horticulture degree. Yeah. 
and then uh, Meadowview helped start that golf course, and then um, nice. yeah, got into real estate after that. So here I am selling houses now. I think you get your degree in anything. It's more about the network of people that you run into so. and work ethic. You know, yeah. like I, I think if you choose to do something and you can do it really well, and and it's your passion, and you work hard at it. I think you're going to be successful. Um, you just can't be half in. I'm sure, sure. you've probably seen that. Um, so, what's something you wish you'd known um, when you started your career? Like early on, if you could go back and say, okay, I'm coming to Johnson City, besides seeing Johnson downtown blow up probably, but you had to come here first, but um, what would be something you wish you'd known that you know you know now? I don't know. Um, you know, people think the restaurant business is very glamorous business. It looks I, fancy. It, I mean, from the outside looking in, a lot, lots of things look like that. So yeah. it's just a lot of hard work, a lot of capital involved. Um you know, a lot of hours, especially to create a new concept and get something off, you know, off the ground. I remember Stir Fry Johnson City, for example. I, you know, I can't even count the amount of hours that I worked there back in the day. Just I needed know, a cot in the like, back. Just <laughs> might as well sleep here because I'm going to be here back in the morning. Yeah, many, many times walking out of that restaurant with the birds chirping and right back at ten o'clock to to get it going back again. So just you know, the amount of hours and capital um, in the restaurant business is something that people don't see from the customer side. Where did you get your work ethic? You think? Oh man, I guess there's a lot of people involved in that. My mom's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was a hard worker. So, family, family yeah. work ethic, and you know, people throughout my life. Um, as you were asking earlier about influences, uh, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Kenny Shaw was a big influence on me. My business partner in Knoxville, Mark Rowan, has been a big influence. Um, people throughout the community who you're familiar with. This, mm-hmm. When I was younger, um, Pastor Greg DePriest was a oh yeah was a I huge influence Greg. as we. Uh, Attended uh, Christ Fellowship there. Yeah, yeah. Watched him grow that. He, yeah. And then having the wisdom to say, okay, it's time for me to, you know, steward it to somebody else and let them take care of it um, was, I think it was a perfect timing for him and, you know, um, the next pastor who came in. And so, yeah, and it was a crazy backstory connection there. As Pastor Greg and Denise used to drive to uh, Knoxville for date night to eat at Stir Fry. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Which, I, you know, that was long before I knew him. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. They're uh, they're a sweet couple for sure. I haven't seen them in a little while. Yeah, um, I haven't either. Yeah. So, um, tell me something that you love about Johnson City. What's one of your favorite things? Um, just the vicinity. It's you know you got lots of options here. You know it's not a it's big enough to have options. Uh huh. Um, but not so big where you're just inundated with people and traffic and houses on top of each other and things like that. I yeah, mean, I agree. I like to be outdoors. So you know we have. Three lakes here that are really close by, and we go to all of them, South Holston, Watauga. I live on Boone Lake. so And then you've got the mountains. You can go up into the mountains of Banner Elk and Blowing Rock. We, we go up there a lot. It's just so close. And just to go up there and ski and, you know, get some turns in. Yeah, you were saying you like like to ski. Where Where's your favorite place to go locally? Well, I grew up skiing uh, Beach Mountain. That's mm-hmm. where I first learned to ski. And used to go up there on the weekends and just spend a whole weekend up there. Yeah. And, and love that. And Yeah. So and now a, you tell me you go some other places to ski and do some fun things there. Tell yeah. me more about that. Yeah, I love to go out west. We go to a lot of places out in Colorado and Utah and got a trip planned next year to Wyoming. And probably the best ski trip was to uh, British Columbia out in the middle of nowhere, about 200 miles southeast of the Alaska border. Oh, wow. Went heli-skiing up there a couple of years ago. So. That's where you get in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And they drop you off at the top of a mountain because there's no lift, right? There's and, no lift. And it's just wide open and you go. 
just as far as you can see, just mountains and snow as far, you know, just in the middle of nowhere. Just the, uh, it's a definitely a great experience. Definitely something I'll do again. And, and that trip was, you know, kind of like a once in a lifetime trip, but it's something I want to replicate every couple of years. Yeah. And the people there were great. The people I met from all over the world. I was actually the only American on the trip. Really? Yeah, everybody's from all over the world. That's cool. So it, was, it was a really cool trip. Yeah. And so um, tell me about, in that case, I'd be kind of going, okay, there's some fear involved here. And, you know, fear plays a part in everything, it seems like. And so I'm trying to work on what do you do to, you know, manage that, you know, because, but getting on an airplane or a helicopter, mm-hmm. getting dropped off in the wilderness, you know, that's, you probably had to overcome a little fear with a bunch of people you don't even know. Yeah, a little Half bit. of them you probably can't even communicate <laughs> with. <laughs> so what, Thanks tell me about how you manage fear. Um. On that, well, that particular instance, obviously we had a guide who we, you know, <laughs> yeah, had to put a lot of trust in other people. So sure, I think that's that's one way to manage is you know make sure you put surround yourself with people who can guide you through a fear circumstance. Uh huh. Um, and just uh, believe in yourself and what you can do. Yeah, yeah. So okay, like I've done this before. I think we, I'm finding you know you build off of your experiences, and so as I'm getting older. Um, and uh, coming up on 50, I'm looking back and going, okay, well, I did this. And I made it through that. And I did, you know, yeah, and so yeah. you kind of go, okay, um, I think we can figure this out. Um, I listened to another podcast the other day and there was a lady, she wrote a book called everything's figure outable. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think just having that mindset that we can figure this out. Right. right. And um, we can get through it. And so I'm sure looking at a building that's a raw space, you're like, okay, there's going to be a restaurant in here. And so tell me about kind of like how you, how do you get the vision for it and then bring it to fruition? I don't know if it's, I think um, I get a lot of visions from just traveling. You know, that's something I love to do is just go places, be out and about. That was probably the most difficult thing about 2020 is not being able to travel as much. Oh my gosh. But, I know. Carly and I are like, she's, I think she's tired of looking at me. She wants to look at, you know, the world. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just, you know, inspirations from traveling and you just, I don't know. I just walk into a space and I can kind of see it pretty quickly uh-huh. and then bounce it off some buddies of mine that I've been working with for 17 years. And we, you know, throw, throw our ideas back and forth and it really comes together fairly easily. Um, back to the fear thing. Like I remember early on in my restaurant career and we were changing one twelve especially because downtown just wasn't really there yet. Right. And we were, that concept was done. Mm-hmm. Right. And we had mm-hmm. this, we had the space and we had to change a whole thing. It was like, Hey, are we got, I always call that the double down move. Right? So, <laughs> so we really doubled right, down on that. Cutting state. off. We're closing the doors for a while. We're going to, so no income, right? And nope. then you're revamping the whole deal. And then reinvesting into a space that, that was dead. Right. And Go so on. it worked out. And, and just to, you know, that particular instance, the 112, the label scenario and put yeah. it in a, and put it in a high end restaurant that yeah. had, you know, 40, $50 steaks. And you know, that was a, that was a huge move. And a big fear move for me because I was like, man, I just don't know if we can sell right. $40, $50 steaks in downtown Johnson City. But I know, right? Yeah. At that time, it was just like, you know, far right. off. Right. But it ended up working out. Yeah. It looks like it's worked out really well. <laughs> so getting through that, you know, I think as we, as our restaurant business grows, you know, though getting through that particular instance, you know, makes me less fearful as yeah. far as moving forward. Like, hey, we, you know, the, it doesn't work out. We're switching to something else and keep keep moving. We'll keep moving. Yeah. Um. So, and then Lao Shao, Wang Shao, Wang Shao, Wang Shao, Wang Shao is going to be on the corner there. That's the big iron structure I see going up. Is that right? Yep. Do you, you worry about competing with yourself at all right there? 
Two doors down. I'm sure we'll compete against ourselves a little bit, but it's better to compete against yourself than somebody else <laughs> compete against you. So. <laughs> That's a good point. Good uh, point. Then back to that, I don't think I finished that. Uh, yeah, you got statement. another one coming up. Xiao is Kenny's last name, so right. that's you did that's say it. that. Okay. Yeah, and that's then how that got there. What's the next? What's the next one open? Uh, Southern Craft Greenville, okay, Tennessee. Nice. Yeah. So we're looking at you know maybe that was in the old Stan's Barbecue Restaurant. I've been there for twenty eight years. Right before you yeah. left there, at yeah, Tusculum. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Good spot. That's a great spot. And um, Greenville seems to be one of those sleepers. Like I go down there and it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot going on, but there's a lot going on. In there's Greenville. A, there is a lot going on. I had been spent more time down there in the last month than I ever had in my life, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of traffic down there. So yeah. And so I think part of the reason you guys have um, done so well is because you um, are great building relationships with people. Right. So like, you know, we met at stir fry and then I see you at church. And so I feel like we're friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm sure you have that, you just have that charisma that everybody does. So going into a new market, you don't know a lot of people, right? right? How do you, how do you kind of build those relationships there? I just, you know, meet a few people and it just networks into a lot of other people. And then the restaurant business is easy because everybody's coming to you and they're right. coming in and they're, you know, wanting, wanting to meet you and wanting to meet people in the restaurant. Yeah. Hey, why, why did you come here? Thanks for coming here. And, and then we're already getting that. We've barely, we haven't even closed a deal in Greenville yet. It's still, you know, we still have to close on the property, but gotcha. people are already excited and saying, hey, you're, you know, glad you guys are coming to Greenville. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, it's hard to be in 10 places at once, though. So that comes back to your, your staff. And yeah. I mean, and you do a great job because I'll, I'll go in one place and I'll see you. And then I'll be in another one and I'll, you'll come up during lunch and say, hey, and that's how we got to this podcast. And so, sure. yeah, I don't know how you do it, but it looks like you're in 10 places at once. And so. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. As long as it looks that way. That's, <laughs> that's right. You keep us all fooled. Um, tell us about the the um, the place in Bristol, Virginia, in the Sessions Rest. The Sessions Hotel. That yeah, yeah that um, project came up about two and a half years ago. Okay, it was really cool. It was an old flour mill. Ooh, and um, a development group out of Richmond, Virginia, was doing it. Boutique hotel. So it's a Marriott flag property. Mm-hmm. Seven for Marriott. Yep. Seventy rooms. Um. It's been it's been great so far. Of course, we opened up on uh, we opened up March thirteenth, twenty twenty, and closed down the next week <laughs> for the pandemic. So that was not great timing. Yeah, yeah. You're like, um, good thing we have some reserves. And we're in Virginia, so that's a whole different set, yeah, yeah, I was, set of rules. I heard right. I heard you had to buy your own beer back or something, which is yeah. kind of strange because over at um, Southern Craft, you're Great Oak Brewing. Great Oak Brewing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so um, I've had some of that. It's delicious. Thank you. Um, and then, so you, you're brewing your own beer, which is smart. Again, Correct, competing yep. with yourself, mm-hmm. which selling is smart. Yeah, yeah, selling to yourself. And then, so how's it work to go to Virginia with you? Uh, just a lot, a lot of paperwork that we we thought we had most of it in, and then we had to put more in. So <laughs> we're still waiting on that process to come through, and it should be in the next couple, two to three weeks. We should have our we had to establish a brewery actually in Virginia. So we've done that now. We have a small brewery set up there on site at Southern Craft. And okay. As soon as this final paperwork comes through, we'll be yeah. able to start distributing our beer from here to distributing in Virginia, who will in turn bring it to us. So nice, lots of lots of hoops to jump. Isn't it through. funny the government how they work? Um, <laughs> so did, on the brewery, was that just like something you always wanted to do, or just saw it doing well? There's only you know five or ten of them in Johnson City now. So tell me about Great Oak. Um, yeah, it was something we wanted to do because, you know, again, it's just like, if you can, the more stuff you can sell to yourself, the better. Right. And the margins are good in beer, which, um, you know, we can self-distribute in Washington County. So we can self-distribute to label Juan Shao and obviously Southern craft. Um, and then it was about finding the right person. So 
was approached by somebody who wanted to do their own brewery and they didn't have the capital to do it. So that was having that right person at the right time. And yeah. Who's your, who's your master brewer? He put the brewery together. The person that put the brewery together actually was only there for a year. Okay. But you know, it worked out great. Yeah. He he was really good on the front end as far as establishing the the construction part and the layout of the brewery and things like that. Isn't that crazy? There's a lot that goes into it. Oh, tons. It's, I would never like, I wouldn't even take a stab at it back there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you going to put in a distillery next? Are you going to be making bourbon? No, you can't have a distillery in the restaurant business. You ah. That's like... Uh, that's the one. That's the one you can't you do. Can't do. <laughs> you can't sell liquor to yourself. Oh, well. But my old business partner does own Sugarlands Distillery in Gatlinburg. So okay. Do have, he was a, a partner of ours in uh, Stir Fry. Oh, cool. Neat. Yeah, I've started um, getting into different bourbons and just sipping and tasting, and they're oh, yeah. delicious. And the flavor profiles are amazing, like... I mean, you wouldn't think they would be that different, but they're all over the place. And Big so, time. Yeah, yeah. We had over 300, three or 400 of bourbons and scotches yeah. on the back bar at Label. Yeah, we've, um, I'm in a little group, and we've come there a few times and done some bourbon tastings, and they're fantastic. And I hear you just got a, a, a little Weller, Weller Foolproof, full which is... That's one of the best ones I've ever tasted. I'm, I'm going to have to get some of that and try it out. Um, okay. Um, how can listeners find you, Raphael? They want to come hang out with you, or if you want to get to, get a hold of you, I'm um, usually a label. I call it, that's like my living, that your, that's like my living room. It's okay, like, <laughs> <laughs> where stir fry back, you know, 15 years ago was my living room. Yeah, I think that was my living room bedroom and everything right, else. But right, right. La- label is kind of my my home base. And okay, I usually start out my day there and then and then bounce around the tri cities to. Do you have like a good schedule? Like, okay, I'm going to be in Greenville soon. Greenville, then you're going to have to be on the road know, a just lot. Kind of just. Feel it out. Whatever depends on what's going on. If there's, if there's a fire that has to be put out somewhere, or some you know, some yeah, it needs to be spoken with, and just go there. And you know, I just like to pop in. It doesn't feel like a, a regular day unless you at least go by. And you know, what's up? What's the, like a in the in a restaurant business? What's like a great day for you? Like start to finish. I just start out at label and you know talk to some staff down there, see people at lunch, uh, get a workout in early morning, and then afternoon. Go to, you know, usually Bristol. Okay. And then see the people over there. And then finish it up. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. I think it's um, probably a lot of fun. Um, and you probably enjoy getting into your, your team's lives and leading them well. And so checking in with them on a, on a sure. regular basis is it's kind of what it's all about, right? I mean, yep. that's what we're called to do is um, step into those lives and pray and help those those folks. And you've got 300 of them, which is. Yeah, coming up on 300 employees once we get yeah. the new restaurants running. Yeah. Um, did you ever think that you would um, have a group that big? No. no I don't, well, you know, initially when we started Stir Fry, we started thinking about, hey, we're going to, you know, let's let's take Stir Fry and like grow it to something huge. Mm-hmm. And that's Asian food, such a small percentage of the market. Uh huh. And especially in a market like the Tri Cities. Yes. So you so, saw a niche. So you were like, yeah, okay. But it's hard to grow that 1% of people eat Asian. You know, yeah. It's only 1% of the food segment, whereas sure. barbecue or burgers or things like that. It's a huge demand and everybody eats that so yes uh, i never thought i never put a number on it but i definitely never thought i wouldn't be like 300 employees or you know maybe a thousand employees in 10 years when we yeah that'd be crazy wouldn't it and then i guess you just keep going from there you like um what's your what's your favorite part about the restaurant business the ask creating something new yeah all of our brands you know we don't we're not buying franchises and right. just, you know, somebody handing you over a playbook and saying, you know, follow one through a hundred right. to create something. You know, we create it from scratch. 
the name, the decor, yeah. the location, the whole that whole process. You know, I really enjoy creating that, creating the restaurant. Yeah, I think um, I think it's fun, and you do a great job with it. And you, know, you. you probably wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, Southern Craft. That's the name we're going to call it. That or <laughs> label. I don't know. I got a label on my shirt that's bugging me. Let's. <laughs> How'd you get the name label? Oh, uh, I was looking at um, wine bottles uh-huh. one night, and just you know how you look at labels on wine bottles and all the time, all the time, and bourbons or mm-hmm. or anything else, and, it, and that's where I came up with the name label. And nobody was using it, and it's hard, really hard to find a name that nobody's using. Yes, and so since label is going to be a bourbon bar, makes sense. Like, hey, we'll call it label. There you go. And it's just labels really influence your day to day purchasing habits, whether it be clothing or what restaurant you're going to yes. or what computer you're buying it's you know lots. my wife carly and i look at labels a lot she's got you know nut allergies and can't handle sunflower oil and so i'm always looking at labels and yep. checking it out um yeah and so well um my last question is what gets you fired up because this is going to drop friday and we do a little oh. fired up friday every friday so what fires you up Raphael? oh let's see besides oh you paddleboard too you haven't yeah. talked about that yeah, we do. We go paddleboarding on the rivers. A good yeah. buddy of mine, uh, Jack Nelson, who uh-huh. reps for uh, Hala Paddleboards out of uh, Colorado uh-huh. Springs, Colorado. Yeah, that's a uh, mouthful. Got, got, got me into the sport about three years ago, and it's been a great supplement into the summertime uh, activities where we take whitewater paddleboards down the Watauga River, the Nolichucky, uh Where else have we got? Uh, French Broad. Does it feel like surfing at times? Kind of surfing, snowboarding, a little bit of, together. That's cool. So it's just a, a really cool way to see the river, you know, standing on top of the river going down. And yeah, he can do something like super chill, like the Watauga River when it's generating, or you can do something a little more intense, like, you know, Nolichucky or Section 9 in the French Broad. It's just, uh, gotta wear a helmet. It's, it's, it's pretty intense. Suit up for it's that. It's pretty intense sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's really fun. It's, a, it's just a great way to see the, to be outdoors and see, see our local rivers. Yeah. People from all over the Southeast come. It's, it's crazy. The people that I meet on the river that have come up from Atlanta to go to the Nolichucky River or, you know, from Charlotte. It's in our own backyard. And you said it's going to, they're trying to designate it what? They're trying to designate the Nolichucky River, Wild and Scenic River, which Wild is and a, scenic. which is still a non-dam controlled river and also it will create, um, will not allow a lot of development along the, the shore line. That's cool. That'll be good. Yeah, yeah hopefully that happens. It is so beautiful to ride down it. I mean, it really is. It is yeah, pretty. Lots of stuff around here like that. So, last question: What is your like? You got a last meal that you get to eat in the stir fry group? Where are you eating it? What is it? Because oh. I want to know. <laughs> this is it. Well, like you got It's one. like I know. That's why I'm putting the, the screws to you a little that's bit. That's a tough one. Well, it's definitely going to be with a bottle of wine, no matter what meal. Ooh, is. So, what do you like? Okay, so what kind of wine are you going to have with this meal? Uh, probably like a French wine, like a Chateauneuf de Pops, one of my favorite French wines. Okay. Uh, that. Um, that's a tough one. The Bone and Filet at Label's amazing. And then I'd say the Drunken Doodles is just like stir fries. Like, it's hard to beat, isn't yeah, it? It's uh, 15 years of been eating Drunken Noodles. <laughs> <laughs> You're half Drunken Noodle. <laughs> yeah. So I would say one of those two dishes. Or. Uh, yeah, the smoked turkey at Southern Craft is amazing as well. Yeah, it is good. I, uh, Lots of different choices. Yeah, I've gone plant-based lately, so um, this all sounds delicious. And um, 
Yeah, um, we have to get off the plan here in a little while. How are you going to do the 80-20? 80-20% tw- of the time you can do something. Yeah, it's um, Tom Brady style. Hey, does he do that? Yeah, 80-20. Because he was on Game Changers, and yep. I saw him. Okay, well, Carly, you heard that, 80-20. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Anything I forgot to ask you that you're like, hey, I really want the the world to know this about me? <laughs> no, like I said, you're, it's like uh, – I don't say uh, no very often, and it's like you, you turn my arm to get me in here. So, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I was like, hey, he would be a great guy to start out the podcast with. When, now that Layton has, um, he's probably sitting there going, I don't know that I should have turned it over to him, but <laughs> um, yeah. So, I'm thankful that you were able to come in, and I'm glad we're friends, and look forward to seeing what you're going to create in the next few years, and just wish you the best. Um, I appreciate it. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's you're inspiring, and it's fun to watch you you grow and and so thanks for coming in and thanks for being a part of the podcast and so um audience if you want to go see Raphael, he is over at the label a lot and he's got a lot of other places you can go and help him out he's a great guy um does great things with his money and um i think he um yeah he's a he's just a good addition to our community and so thanks for coming in and i um i thank you guys for listening and look forward to uh talking to y'all next week and go get fired up Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you.